This is Emily Young with WNXP's Record of the Week. Listening to Blanchelle's self-titled debut can feel like a punch to the gut. The relatability in Sabrina Teitelbaum's lyrics may explain the instant buzz behind her latest project. Channeling the angst of 90s alt-rockers like Hole, The Cranberries, and PJ Harvey, her sharp-tongued one-liners are backed by riffy guitars and scant drums, highlighting the emotion in Teitelbaum's vocals. I'm going back to him. The coming-of-age record hones in on searching for intimacy while dating sleazy men and partying too much, and the album covers the gambit of fragile topics from addiction to heartbreak and violence against women. The title bomb says it was never intended for a real audience. Perhaps this allowed her to comfortably write these unabashedly vulnerable songs, not even considering, much less fearing, exposure. Blancho came to fruition in the pandemic. It was really like, a finally, I'm in isolation and nothing matters. So I'm just going to make the music that I want to make and nobody's going to hear it kind of a thing. So all the songs were songs that I was like, I'm not going to show this to anybody. And then somehow I decided to show them to everybody. Kiss city. I think my kink is I have to say how much I enjoy playing I think my kink is when you tell me that you think I'm pretty on the radio. But obviously, uh, these lyrics are quite personal. How has it felt to kind of publicly be this vulnerable? Especially since you didn't think anyone would hear it. Well, it's fine with people that I don't know. That doesn't bother me. The thing that is difficult is like family and close friends. Because you have to then like look at them and see them and talk to them and they bring up the music and you have to like justify it and explain it so that's been a challenge but also a growing experience yeah you have to be like yes that does say look me in the eye when I'm about to finish yeah which made me exceedingly uncomfortable (laughs) but then like I tried to block them on social media I tried to do the whole thing and I was like they're just they're going to hear it. But that kind of, I mean, that song specifically really skyrocketed you to the public eye, too. So there was really no hiding from that one. Yeah. It was this this weird thing where I obviously want people to hear the music that I'm making. But I also was like, I don't know. I wouldn't hate it if this didn't go anywhere with this song because then my family wouldn't hear it. That's the one. Yeah. Well, we definitely hear some, like, uh, there's very clearly some early aughts indie era influences, also some Britpop influences. Uh, can you tell us a bit about some of those musical inspirations and influences you've had in your life thus far? I listened to a lot of those early aughts and 90s records growing up, and then I sort of, like, forgot about them for a long time. And when I was... In that isolation period, like right around the time that I wrote all these songs, I saw, I think it was Miley Cyrus covering Doll Parts. So good. And I was like, well, I just dove back into that record and all of the sort of ones that are in that same subgenre of like 90s rock. They just was like a lot of anger that I related to. And I think I felt like I love these songs, but also I want to have songs that are specific to my experience that get out the same kind of anger 
And so that was the place that I wrote a lot of them from. So can we expect some whole covers during the live show? So now what I want to know. You can expect a Cranberries cover. Ooh, okay, I'll take that too. I'll okay. take that too. Okay. Disappointment How you shouldn't have done You couldn't have done You wouldn't have done The things you did done Well, we were talking a bit offline um, about this as well, but we recently had Samia in the studio, Obsessed. who I know you've known for years. Yes. And she spoke a bit about the the influence from the New York DIY scene and now being in Nashville. Um, can you talk a bit about some of those creative communities you've been a part of and how that has influenced your sound or your creative process, all of the above? Yeah, I think... It's hard to always draw a really straight line from like this person influenced me to make songs this way or but just I think being around people that I respect a lot as artists makes me inspired to make music that's like authentic to me. I think something with Samia, for example, is I just feel like in her writing, she sees a lot of beauty around her and she writes about it so specifically and listening to her album that came out last week I've been like okay I want to write about the the love around me and the beautiful things around me too and so I think things like that just in these sort of like tangential ways it comes out the sort of community influence in Blonde Shell's liner notes, Title Bomb describes the album's heavy riffs as a protective shell for this vulnerability in her songwriting. One thing is for sure, Blonde Shell is writing arena-sized anthems for a new generation of angsty alt-rock fans. Veronica, Veronica. 